0: Good evening everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord on Wednesday night? We're going to have an awesome, awesome service. It may be cold outside, but we're going to heat things up in here. Amen. With the word of God. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America. Now, let's uh, see, Pastor and Mrs. Pastor are in New York for about the next four weeks, so you may not be seeing much of them, but hey, they're having a good time out there in Brooklyn with my brother, and uh, so they're going to be over there, and also I'd like to just give a shout out to some of our new worship team people up here, look at this, yeah, all right. The team is growing, so praise God. Good things are happening. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over the United States of America. Then I'm going to have Leah come up and do some announcements for us and fill you in, all right? Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness Mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Give the Lord some praise this evening. And then I'll have, you can be seated. All right, go ahead. And then I'll have uh, Miss Leah's going to come up and fill us in on the announcements. All right. Hey, you've got a fan. Did you hear that? <laughs> Uh, whoa How did that happen? what
1: All right, well, thank you, Norma, for your love. <laughs> this is actually my first time doing announcements, so bear with me. All right, I know they never let me do announcements. I wonder why <laughs> All right, you guys. um actually, I just got some information before that I need to verify. Um, the Operation Christmas Child gifts. Those boxes, there. It says uh, turned in this week, but you're taking them tomorrow, right? So they're. Yeah. So if you didn't get them in, I don't. You know, let, okay. Let Pastor Dave and, and or uh, Pastor Katie know, and maybe you can arrange something. So, um, so uh, yeah. Um, I I I did hear Renee say that she has. Uh, 41 out of the 50 so we're not missing that much so if it's you do get a hold of pastor dave or pastor katie about arranging to get those back um the other thing is we have our women's meeting yes my favorite thing um I am not going to be there. I'm so, so sorry. I am going down to see my brother. So you will not see me there, but I hardly ever miss any. So sorry you guys won't get to see this beautiful face there, but you all make it though, okay? I'm sending my girls because they're not coming with me. So they'll be there too. So that is Friday on this, uh this Friday, this Friday. Yes, at 630. And it says to bring comfort food. Um, and, uh, food to share. So, whatever your comfort food is. I was gonna do Zubat Tuscana until I found out I was going down to my brother's. So, it, like, maybe a warm soup or something like that. That's comfort food to you. So, um, we are having our church Thanksgiving dinner on November 20th. Who is excited about that? Thanksgiving! Thanksgiving! It's hard to believe it's already that time of year again. But yes, um, so that is gonna be Sunday, November 20th. And then, oh, my favorite event of the whole year—and I'm sorry—I love Easter. I love Christmas more. Sorry, but Christmas came early, you guys. That is like my event. I love it. I love it. Even if me and uh, my husband weren't doing it, I would—I would still be excited about that event. So uh, that is uh, November 27th at 6 p.m. Again, each family bring a dozen cookies. If you want to bring more than a dozen cookies, I'm okay with that. That just means more cookies for us to eat, okay? And you can either uh, make it at home or you can store buy it. I'm okay with Oreos, too. Bring the milk so we can dip them. (laughs) You can't have an Oreo unless you're dipping it, so... (laughs) And um, have you ever seen that thing where they do the fork in the Oreo so you don't get your fingers wet? I don't know about that. I just don't know, yeah. Um... So um, we will we will provide the drinks, and then we have the gift exchange for those that want to participate you guys so adults we're considering fifteen years old and up okay that's a five dollar gift for each adult that is wanting to participate okay we may have a few extras of those that we might bring, but probably not for the kids that's uh, fourteen and under that will be a dollar gift if they want to participate and you will have a a ticket okay we might have some extras of those too so. But yeah, five dollars for adults, fifteen and up, and a uh, dollar for um, children fourteen and under. If you want to do the gift exchange, um, white elephant, whatever y'all want to call it. So, and then we have a Christmas concert coming up with Laura Cook, which I'm excited about too. So, <laughs> I just, it's, it's everything Christmas with me. And that is December sixteenth. It's a Friday, okay? So definitely be sure to mark that on your calendars. And then us ladies we've kind of last year it just didn't happen but for you ladies that don't know about girls night out at the rock church oh my goodness that is something to right Heidi oh yeah Heidi was my my driver one year (laughs) oh my goodness that is such a fun event and um uh, the rock church is there just so amazing it is a musical production but there is a um a bit of a message that they do with it too. So, um, if you're interested in doing that, the um, flyers are at the um, info booth. Um, I heard it's $12 um, a ticket for the ticket, and that is actually going to be December 3rd. That's a Saturday, so $12 is not much. You will um, be kind of arranging your own rides down there. So, if you can carpool with someone, carpool. But yeah, uh, it's, we're you're just doing individual tickets, though. So, okay, we're not going to do group tickets. So, all right. Last thing. Oh no, I have two more things. Oh my goodness, this is why they don't let me do announcements. Um, we did have um, our friends uh, Vasa and Day Day. Do you guys know who that is? We all know who that is. Yes, they got the cutest kids ever. Well, they just had another cute kid. So, <laughs> yes. So, um, we are going to um, go ahead and provide meals from the, for, for them. I should have um, I should have had a pin up here. Is there a pin? I'm so sorry. I came really unprepared. Um, we are looking for three nights or three days of, 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 of dinners for them. Is there anybody right now that can do it? It'll be for Friday. Um, it'll be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, Donna, you could do one. Oh, behind. I see Alex.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, so Pastor Katie will be getting a hold of you guys about um, the times and the kinds of food and whatnot. So, yes, I'm so excited about their... They they have the cutest kids, like seriously. And the last thing I do want to say, um, if you didn't hear it from registration just yet, um, all you parents out there, um, we uh, from this point on until we get back upstairs, we will be going through the front of the office rather than the side of the office to go to Jam Junior. So if you have a kid that is in preschool or kindergarten... And uh, you're dropping them off over there um, at the office. Um, we're not going to go along the side. We're going to go ahead and go through the office. But for safety reasons, we will have that front door locked. So if you do need to go over there because you need to pick up your child early or there's some kind of circumstances... Please find an usher and they will go ahead and escort you over there. Get that door unlocked so you can um, get your kiddos, okay? But they will unlock the um, doors for when service is over. They will have that unlocked for you to go ahead and get your kids afterwards. So that's it. Yes. I hope I did good.
0: (laughs) All right. I will email you your grade on that later. All right. Very good. Praise the Lord. Well, she did a good job. Amen. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's Happy time! God loves a cheerful giver. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. If you're going to give online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 16. Luke 16. Amen. A little excitement for the Bible tonight, if we could. Alright. Luke 16, and uh, we'll be in the NLT here. We're going to look at verses 10 through 11. Luke chapter 16. And verses 10 through 11, I love this. And here's a story of Jesus talking about our management skills and, and how well we steward what he has given us. So Luke chapter 16, and I'm going to uh, pick it up here uh, at verse 10. He says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Verse 11, and if you, if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth or worldly money, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And I'm just telling us right now that uh, it's the truth. If we aren't willing to tithe off of $100, we'd be foolish to lie to ourselves and say that we would tithe off of $100,000. And uh, one story that I think of is uh, of the great John D. Rockefeller, who I use a, a lot, but he literally quoted this. He's the richest man in modern recorded history. His net worth in 2022 would be $418 billion. And to put that in perspective, Elon Musk is currently the richest man in the world with a net worth of $201 billion. Okay? Rockefeller was over twice as rich as Elon Musk is. But Rockefeller was a tither. And he, this is a direct quote from him, he said, I never would have been able to tithe off of the first million dollars I made if I had not tithed off my first salary, which was a dollar fifty per week. And so he started putting fifteen cents into the little Baptist church there in Cleveland, Ohio, and eventually he kept it up, and I'm telling you he stayed faithful with it and God obviously blessed him in massive proportions. Now are we saying that you're gonna be worth four hundred and eighteen billion dollars if you tithe tonight? I'm not saying that, but what I am saying, hey, and who knows, maybe, maybe I'd like that. Uh but but I know this much. Hey, that may not be a good thing for some of us, because if we can't manage a dollar fifty you know what 418 billion it would crush you it would be a bad thing for you and so i'm encouraging you tonight that if you're asking god for more god give me more give me more you better start managing what you have right now because you aren't trustworthy with more until you're faithful with the little bit that you have right now and so amen be faithful a little and he knows you'll be faithful as much then he can start pouring some extra into your life can i get an amen all right, let's stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings tonight. And then we're going to get into some worship and we'll have an awesome time in the Word together. Amen. So let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates or inheritances,
3: Feel free to worship up front with us tonight. Let's sing together. Great, our God is great. Our God is great. The ancient giants Our God is great. Our God is great. The sinner found salvation. Our God is great. I God is The Our God is great. That is you.
0: night, Lord, where we only want you, and we realize that, yeah, as we seek you first above all those other things, you'll you'll bless us with the stuff, Lord, but we're not seeking the stuff we're seeking you we're not seeking the blessings we're seeking the blesser and Jesus we want to be closer and closer and closer to you Lord and I, that's our hearts cry tonight. and I pray that as we're even here in this service this evening we're listening to you and, and and we're giving you our undivided attention and Lord I know you're speaking to us tonight so we can be much much closer and much much stronger in our faith we love you father and we praise you in Jesus mighty name amen hallelujah can we give him some praise to this evening amen hallelujah when well, you may be seated you can make your way to your seats and we're going to go ahead and get into the word of god tonight amen who came to hear the word Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into the word, and uh, I mean, I just I I love God's word. It is everything to me. It is the foundation and the cornerstone of my entire life. And so, every time we get a chance to open up, I get super excited about it. All right. So tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the title is this. It's called "Don't Forget to Remember." Don't forget to remember. All right? And sometimes, you know, it may sound like there's a lot going on in that title. But what I what I want to tell you is this, is that we are told many, many times in Scripture to remember the things that the Lord has done for us. And, you know, people are always speculating about, you know, what some of the biggest problems are, you know, with America today or, or with people today or, or in our society today. And I'm sure there's a lot of things we could point out that are massive problems. There's no shortage of them. But one big problem seems to be memory loss. And I'm not just talking about, you can't remember, you know, where you put your shoes yesterday or your or your car keys, but I'm talking about the Lord has done some big things in some of our lives, and it's like we forget about it after a while. That is not a healthy spot to be in. And so I want to open up to this verse, and then we'll kind of break this down a little bit. But let's look at Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah 46. I'm going to need more than that. Come on. We're talking about God's word here, okay? I didn't write it. God wrote this. Isaiah 46, and we're going to look at verse 9 here. And this is just kind of where we're going to kick things off. But Isaiah 46 and verse 9, and I love it. It says, Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God And there is none like me. Well, there is a whole lot to get excited about in that one verse right there. I mean, I can look at several different sermons just from looking at that. But check it out. He says, I alone am God. There's none like me. Have you seen anybody else that's anywhere near being as awesome as God is? Of course you haven't. There's no one in his league. There's no one in his realm. There's nobody even within miles and miles of his awesomeness. And I'm going to tell you tonight that he's done a lot of things in your life. And just just by show of hands, who could say that no doubt about it, God has really done better for you than you deserve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, if we're keeping tabs here, he is way ahead of me. He He has done a lot more than I could earn or ever deserve in my in, in this life and in 10,000 lives. I could never begin to scratch the surface of thanking him enough or paying him back for what he's done for me. Now, every single one of us in here can think of a time when, when God's rescued us, saved us, or provided for us when we were in a bad situation. And I know, in fact, most of us could think of several times that he's done that. And we know there's times that you you wouldn't even be alive if He hadn't absolutely saved your life. And there's also times that He saved your life and you don't even know about it because He kept the danger that far away. And you know sometimes people are like, "Well, man, I just don't ever have any of these great big miraculous testimonies." And I'm like, "Thank God! That's awesome! He has kept the devil and the demons so far away that you haven't even seen them. That's incredible." That's good for you, man. You should be giving God glory for that, that he's kept you that safe where you don't even know what's come against you. But even though all of us are going to be in here saying, yeah, man, he's done some big things for me. Unfortunately, over time, or maybe in the face of a new difficulty or storm, we tend to forget the things that he's already brought us through. You ever notice that? We, we tend, uh, we tend to have some pretty short term memory, honestly, amongst the body of Christ. And so, it is vitally important, I'm gonna show you three reasons why, it's vitally important that we don't forget what Jesus has already done for us in the past. All right. And so I want to pray that I want to get into three things tonight that I would really like you to pay attention to, because I believe the Lord has a word for you tonight. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you so much for uh, for what, what we're doing here. We're opening your word, the, the, the holy written word word of God, and we know that this isn't just some book. Lord, this is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, this is the only living book on earth, and it's the only book that could absolutely change our lives like this, and so I pray that we would uh, have ears to hear this evening as you're trying to speak to us, and Lord, that you would change our lives. We love you. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? All right, so three things this is what happens when you forget what Jesus has already done for you. Number one, you will become fearful. Number one, you tend to become fearful and start letting fear take a root in your life. And so what I want to show you here is Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And this is, a to me, it's a very interesting story, man. I, this is, out of out of all the out of many of the the stories out of the four gospels this one just always kind of just kind of gets to me it's it's very interesting because what we have here is Jesus and the 12 disciples and uh and they're they're in a situation here where Jesus has provided the miracle several times before and here they are getting all afraid and doubtful about what's going to happen so uh mark chapter 8 and we're going to look here Um, starting at verse 16, we're going to look at, at verses 16 through 21. And so, uh, what's happening is that they're out on the boat. They're getting ready to, to, to cross over and they realize, oh man, we forgot to bring enough bread. And so here's what happens. Mark chapter eight and verse 16, it says at this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or even understand it yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? And, and, and the irony of this entire story, I mean, if you're, if you've read the Bible, you should see how ironic this whole thing is. These guys have, and he's getting ready to say it, they've witnessed Jesus feed 4,000 on one occasion and over 5,000 on another occasion with bread. And, and they're sitting there saying, what are we going to do? We've got no bread. And Jesus Christ, the man himself, is in the boat with them right here. And so here he is, Jesus, and this is an instance of him literally sounding quite frustrated with uh, with, with what they're saying. And so verse 19, he says... Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Well, 12, they said. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet, he asked them. Isn't that crazy? That out of, out of anything that they could worry about, bread should literally be at the very bottom of the list of things to worry about when you've got Jesus in the boat with you. Jesus, and a lot of people don't realize this, everyone's familiar with the story of him feeding the 5,000, but that was one instance. The totally separate instance, he fed uh, 4,000 with bread and fish and did the exact same thing twice, and these guys were there these are the guys that picked up the leftovers, and these are the guys that are sitting there afraid about bread. Jesus is so good at this bread thing. He actually said literally in John six thirty five, I am the bread of life. They literally had bread sitting in the boat with them, and they were afraid about not having bread. Do you get do you see this? And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of silly to look at them and and, and and to make fun. But how many times in our life do we have somebody come up and, man, I just don't know what we're going to do. Man, the devil's hitting our finances. And I'm like, wait a minute, aren't you the one that God, like, did a miracle for financially, like last year? Yeah, but, man, I don't know, man. What are we going to do, man? you got bread sitting in the boat. Be quiet about it. That's the least of your worries. Come on. If he did it once, he'll do it again. Don't you get that tonight? Seriously, I have people come up to me all the time. You know, man, we need a miracle, and I just don't know what we're going to do. And I'm like, wait, uh, I I know of at least like three or four times that God's done a miracle for you in your life, even in this same area. What is going on with your memory? It's quiet in here tonight, so I'm going to get you, though. I'll get you by the end. I've got 30 minutes to get you, and I'm going to do it. And so how many times... In our life, are we sitting there worrying about bread when you 've got the bread of life in the boat with you, and you 're going to sit there and whine and complain come on you need to you need to look at yourself and you need to you need to check this out if he did it once he 'll do it again so so what do you do? You call on Jesus call on jesus i when i was in um in college i had i 've had a lot of really uh I don't like to brag, but I've had a lot of very prominent jobs in my life outside of preaching. Believe it or not, I I, uh, I fried chicken for about a year. I I, bur- I dug ditches for the phone company uh, in Indiana while the ground was frozen. That was great. I mean, that was that was really neat. But um, one of my best jobs was cleaning out storage sheds in Oklahoma. It was great. People loved it. And uh but I, I worked for this guy uh that was the manager of the store the self-storage units and he had a remarkable testimony of being healed of stage four uh lymphoma cancer and I mean the man was nearly dead and was miraculously healed. And I just, it, it, caught, it was kind of strange to me because oftentimes, you know, he'd come, he'd have a little minor ailment or something, a little cold coming on. Like, oh man, this could be the one, you know, this thing's killing me. Oh man, I'm going to die of this thing. And, and I remember one time this lady was like, hey, didn't God like heal you of like stage four cancer? And you're afraid of the sniffles and don't, well, you know, what's going to happen? And she said, couldn't he just heal you again if you did get sick? And he's like, I don't want to just presume that he'd do it again. That was just, and I'm like, come on, brother. If he gave you bread last time, heaven didn't run out of bread and heaven didn't run out of healing from cancer. Man, but we need a thousand dollars this time. You honestly think that that's going to break the bank of heaven just because you need a little money here on earth? You're looking at me like you do think that. So maybe I'm at the wrong place, but I'm telling you tonight, your situation Alright, it's not so big, and it's gonna just cause a power outage in heaven. The lights aren't gonna dim because, oh, we gotta get Maxine some money this week, so, oh, that took, it took all the juices. If we could just hold off on plugging anything else in this week, no. He did it once, he can do it again, but how do you get it again? The same way you got it the first time, you use your faith, you speak the word, and you, and, and you trust God. And so, don't think that, that just because it happened, no. You need to understand that when you begin to forget what he did, you become a fearful person. And I'm telling you, there are things causing fear in some of your lives that honestly shouldn't be causing fear in your life right now. That's the truth. It's the truth. There are things that are tripping some of us up that we're afraid of. And I'm wondering what we're going to do this time. Yeah, I mean, out of anybody, you should not be afraid of that. Because God has absolutely taken care of you in that situation several times before. Why are you going to sit here and worry about that? I mean, think about something else. So, you know, um, there's plenty of other things to think about. But for Pete's sake, don't sit there worrying about bread when he's been your bread provider. He's been your daily bread. He's been the bread of life to you all these times. And you're going to sit there and cry about bread. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And so how do you get it this time? The same way that you got it last time. And and But what if this is a, a, a bigger problem? What if this is the biggest problem you've ever faced. I like to think about David in 1 Samuel 17. We're not turning there, but 1 Samuel 17, and he's facing Goliath. And he's faced other problems. I mean, you know, he said, I, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. I mean, he, he, he's killed all these different predators that have tried to come and get the sheep. So he's been in battle before, but now he's facing a bigger problem than he's ever faced he's facing the giant who is a a skilled warrior and he's got an entire army behind him but what does david do as he's walking out there to face this giant problem study it he's sitting there and, and, and he's repeating to himself i killed the lion i killed the bear and he's rehearsing the victories that he's already won he's reminding himself of what god's already done in his life And some of you may be facing the giant. And what do you do, man? You need to start walking towards that thing and reminding yourself. You need to be speaking the word of God, number one. But also reminding yourself, man, We I remember when this came against us, we beat that. And when that came against us, we beat it. And when this started knocking on our door, we answered and we won. You need to start remembering and reminding yourself of the victories that you've already won. The smaller things all the way up to the big thing. David did it, and guess what? You can't argue with his results. He killed that sucker and cut his stinking head off and carried it around, right? Yeah, I know. That's just like a teenage boy. Just carry that thing around, you know? He did it, and he won, but he was reminding himself every step of the way, come on, that I already beat these other things. We're going to win this one also. And so when you forget to remember, I see it all the time, You'll start to become fearful. And number two, you become unthankful. You become unthankful. Now, typically we reserve this next story for the Thanksgiving service, but I'm like, you know, let's just do it tonight. So you may hear this story again in a few weeks. I don't know, but it's a really good one. So let's look at Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, and this is just the prime example in the New Testament of thankfulness and unthankfulness. And it is such an accurate portrayal of even modern-day people. And, and you know, it's always interesting to me that people, everyone's like, you yeah, know, people are different these days, man. And then I read some of these Bible stories, and I'm like, they're not that different. I mean, they sound literally exactly the same as the people now. And, and you'll see what I mean when I read this. I mean, you know, we've got new things and stuff, but really, people are facing the same things and dealing with a lot of the same things they always have. Luke 17. We're going to look here at verses 12 through 18. And this is the famous or the infamous story of uh, the lepers, the the ten lepers. So Luke chapter 17, and we're going to look here at uh, verses 12 through 18. It says, As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And you better know that leprosy is not a fun thing to have. It is fatal, and your flesh literally rots off of your bones. It is nasty. It's awful. And and so, and notice these guys were standing at a distance. They were social distancing, but for really good reason, because they weren't even allowed to be in public. And so they're at a distance. Hey, we're not coming near you, but if you could have mercy on us, right? And you know, there's a lot of people social distancing from Jesus these days. They ought to get closer to Jesus. Thank you, somebody. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right. And so he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, check it out. That's that's the exciting part of the story. Here comes to me kind of the sad part of this whole story. One of them, when he saw that he was healed came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And then Jesus asked, now hold on, wait a minute, hold, hold on, hold on. Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other Nine has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. And, and we look at that, out of all these guys, right? I mean, his own people, the other nine must have been Jewish guys. They, they, they didn't return only one out of ten. All right? Maybe you're not super good at math. I'm not, but I can at least do this. That's ten percent, okay? Ten percent of the people that got a miracle in this situation came back to give proper thanks to Jesus. Now I'm just saying, I I want to say that it's higher than that, but honestly I don't know. I think that it's possible that on average about ten percent of people actually properly thank Jesus for what he's done for them. In this story, that's exactly what we have here. One out of ten that received a miracle actually stopped to give thanks. Now another thing I always point out is a lot of times we're like, Oh, it's Jesus. (laughs) It's not going to hold it against me. It's Jesus. Well, there's a couple of really important things that I get out of this. Is One is this, is that Jesus apparently notices who's actually thankful. And that, that means a lot to me. Because, you know, we're like, well, he's not up there keeping tabs. Well, I, I don't know. I know this much. He notices, and he knows who's actually thankful for what he's already done. He takes notice. And we're like, yeah, but it couldn't affect Jesus. I, to me, the, 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 there's some emotion in this statement right here. He's like, wait, where's these other guys at? What, what's going on here? And, and only this one guy came back, and he's a foreigner, and he's not even, you know, supposed to. He's not even trained. He, he hasn't even been taught to give thanks the right way. And he's the one that comes back. Jesus notices because you need to know that Jesus, you know, Jesus cares, and Jesus has some emotions too. No, oh, he doesn't. Okay. Well, there's several times in the Gospels where he cried. He wept over Jerusalem when he saw that. He wept at Lazarus' tomb, John 11:35, the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Uh, we know that Jesus experienced the emotion of anger when he flipped over the tables and uh, on other occasions. And so Jesus has some emotions, and I definitely know the New Testament tells us that we can bring sorrow. And grieve God's Holy Spirit, and so no doubt about it, you and I have the capability of hurting the Lord. I don't know how else to say that. I don't want. I don't know if I want to quite say hurting His feelings, but I do want to say that we do have the capability of bringing sorrow and and some pain and and, and some hurt to the Lord. And 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 why is that? Uh, well, doesn't it hurt when someone you really love? someone you really love. And believe me, you don't even know uh, what it means to love somebody as much as Jesus loves you. Okay. Well, I love my girl. I love my man. Well, the, yeah, sure you do. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, and, until, you know, they wake up tomorrow and have morning breath then you don't, you know, whatever. All right. So just quit. We get it. But, but you don't know love the way that Jesus loves you. Now, as much as you maybe love somebody, what if you what if you put your whole heart and soul into something? What if you, everything you had, man, everything, and, and you presented something to the one that you love the most, and they didn't even say thank you? That would hurt, man. That would be a stab. That would stink. That would be awful. And, and, you know, what if you, that you get you put everything into it? You saved their life, and they didn't even say thank you. They were just like, oh, I just walked off. I mean, what a stab. Think about that. What, what Jesus has done for us, what He's provided, and, and we don't sometimes even have the decency to, to say, thank you. I appreciate that. If nothing else, it should be so much more than that. But we don't even have, because why? Because we're not saying, okay, okay, now that you did that, could you do this, this, and this? I need more from you. It is quiet up in here this evening. Let's go to Psalm 30. Let's look at what David said. Amen. Psalm 30. But Jesus absolutely notices. So Psalm 30. And we're going to look at verses 11 through 12 here. And this is a Psalm of David. So Psalm 30. Now David... He was not a perfect man, but he did have a lot going for him. And one of the things was thankfulness. So, Psalm 30. And we're going to look here at verses 11 through 12. And so what, what are we talking about? We're talking about when you forget what the Lord's already done for you, you'll begin to become fearful over things that really should not even be on your radar of fear. And also, uh, you'll become unthankful. And, and and that's just that's awful. We need to... We really need, honestly, I'm not just saying it because it's November. Seriously, you need to stop and give God some thanks very, very often. Honestly, you really, really do. And, and one thing that's really anchored me my entire life, any time that there's been doubt or whatever, or things tried to pull me away, I am very aware, honest, honestly, very aware that I wouldn't be alive if he hadn't saved my life. And I'm not the only one in here. And not everybody's got some, you know, insane type of testimony maybe maybe not but my entire life anytime that you know there's been any doubts in my mind about any of this but you know what no way i know what he did for me he straight saved my life there's no way that i would be alive without jesus i owe him everything i i owe him everything and so psalm 30 verses 11 through 12 and here we have David uh, talking about uh, what the Lord has done for him. And man, this guy, I love David. He said, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. He's like, hey, you took away the depression and you gave me some joy instead. Why? That I might sing praises to you and not be silent. What? Hold on. Whoop. Let's rewind the tape, brothers. Listen, he said, you did all this. Why? So that I might sing praises to you and what? And not be silent. Some of you, God saved your life and you're silent about it. You don't tell him, thank you enough. You don't tell anybody else what God did for you. You're not telling your children what God has brought you through. Oh, God, yeah, he he saved your life. He turned your mourning into dancing. He he traded you the, the clothing of depression for the garments of joy. And yet your mouth is like this. Come on. And so what did David like, I'm, I'm going to sing about this, man. I'm going to make some noise. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks for ever. I love that. And so sometimes, man, you may see somebody getting loud in church, just singing it out. Whether they can sing good or not, it doesn't matter. Because what are they doing? At least they aren't being quiet about what Jesus has done for them like you are. And I've noticed, man, the, the loud and, and excited, praise-filled the only people they bug are lukewarm Christians, honestly. I Seriously, that you need, there's some good, I, just, I better preach on that again sometime soon, but there's a good checklist uh, to examine yourself with to see if you're becoming lukewarm. And one of those things is if an on-fire Christian just kind of annoys you, you're probably getting lukewarm. Really, I mean, because maybe you used to be like that. You were so excited and everything, and and then now, like, my gosh, I, we get it. Okay, the Lord saved you. Shut up and sit down. I mean, if that's your attitude, woo, yeah, yeah. Seriously, you better check yourself out. That's not right. So, yes, David was like, I can't keep my mouth shut. I know what you did for me. I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell everybody else about it. I'm going to praise you, Jesus, because I can't keep silent. The Lord has been really, really good to us. Who knows that tonight? God's been good to you. yo. Oh, he has. Absolutely. He has turned some situations around in here. And you may not have arrived yet, but at least you've left. <laughs> the ship has sailed, alright? You may not be at the promised land just yet, but check it out. You're not where you were. You've at least left the port. You're on your way. And here's the third thing that happens when you forget what Jesus has done. Number one, uh, you become fearful. Number two, you become unthankful. And number three, this is—I don't even want to talk about this—but you become unfaithful to Jesus. You become unfaithful to Jesus. And I'm—I'm and only—I'm saying this out of experience, man. You know, I—I—we I, we just you see a lot over the years, but. A lot of times in marriages that have grown cold, it's because they forget all of the great times that they had together and all the things they've made it through together. I encourage you in your marriage, man, maybe sometimes just sit down and talk about when you were first dating or something. Talk about some of the old stories and you both will start laughing. You both will start smiling. You both will start remembering some really good things. Maybe talk about some of the, 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 the battles you've won, the things that you've conquered, the mountains that you have faced and beat together with Jesus. Do that, man. And it'll it'll do something in your marriage. But I'm also telling you, in order to stay faithful to Jesus, it's super important that we start remembering, you know, man, I remember what it was like. And when I first got saved, I remember what it was like when Jesus, you first, you know, came into my life. And, and and it'll put a smile on your face, and you'll start remembering some things. You start thinking about, yeah, I remember this back then. This seemed like such a big problem, but, Lord, we made it through that. Start remembering lest you become an unfaithful servant. Now, when you forget the good times and the victories won, love begins to grow cold in a relationship, in a marriage, or whatever other relationship. Uh, and even in your relationship with God. Now, we need to know that his love for us will never grow cold. Ever. And Romans chapter 8 talks about how intense his love is with us. I used to read that all the time. When I worked at FedEx, I, I carried a little pocket New Testament because we couldn't bring phones in there anyway. And really, uh, we didn't have smartphones, so what's the matter? So, uh, but, but I carried this little Gideon's pocket New Testament. And... I mean, every day. I just, if we had a a, a five-minute break, pull it out, Romans chapter 8. I just read Romans 8 all the time. And it tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No power in hell, no power in the heavens, nothing in all creation shall ever be able to separate us. There's nothing. That's how intense God loves us. His love for us, it is on fire. It is not getting cold. It's not growing lukewarm at all. And so we need to watch ourselves that our love doesn't begin to grow cold. Now, if you study the Old Testament, uh, you'll find that the Israelites, it's a common pattern. <laughs> you continuously see that their love begins to grow cold and then Bad things will happen to them. So they come running back to the Lord. Then he rescues them again. And then after a while, they they forget about it. They start to grow cold again. And then bad things happen. Then they come running back to Jesus, you know, the Lord. And then, I mean, it's just this nonstop pattern throughout the whole Old Testament. And uh, when they need something, they run to Him and get a miracle. Then they forget all about it. And it's, again, it's just a nonstop pattern. And so, and to me... There's some there's some strange stories in the Bible, I'm going to be honest, okay? There, and I actually did a whole series, I think, for the children several years ago about the strange but true stories from the Bible. This, um, we're not going to turn there, but the book of Hosea is just very strange to me. <laughs> One of the weirdest. Why is that? Well, because this prophet Hosea, God's trying to get his point across to Israel about how unfaithful they are. And so he's like, Hosea, I need your help. I need to get my point across that they're unfaithful. So he literally tells the man to marry a prostitute. And again, I always tease about it, but to top things off, her name is Gomer. And so like, this is just, no way you look at this is it's going to turn out well. And so he, you know, he has his man, uh, Hosea, marry this prostitute Gomer. And lo and behold, she's nonstop unfaithful to him. So she'll he'll, he'll forgive her and take her back in and love her and, and everything and, and make things right. Then she'll run off again and do it all over again. Then she comes running back, and, and he takes her in and loves her and forgives her and makes things right. Then she runs off and does it all over again, and his heart is broken because he actually loves her. How? And then we look at some people like, Lord, how do you even they're nonstop bad to you? Why do you love them? They're terrible to you. Don't you get it? And that's a perfect example of what happens when we begin to forget what he's done for us. We run off and then, we, you know, we break his heart. Then we come back and he's like, I forgive you. It's okay. We'll forget about it. And then, and, and, and it's a nonstop thing that, that has happened with God's people for so long. But God is faithful. Let me show you 2 Timothy 2.13, one of the most beautiful verses. 2 Timothy 2.13. It's a good one. And, you know, we've you've seen it, I've seen it, but I think about some of the people that I've seen God do the absolute biggest miracles for. I'm serious. Biggest miracles for, uh, I, I, you know, you, you would think that a miracle would just settle the issue in someone's heart, but if your heart's not right, not even seeing the Red Sea part will be enough to keep you anchored to God. Because if you're only serving Him for... The next big miracle bailout—that's not enough to keep you anchored in your faith. You have to serve God out of because you love Him and honor Him and reverence Him. And so, time and time again, we've seen that not even an, a miraculous miracle in somebody's life is enough to keep them anchored to the Lord if their heart wasn't in the right place already. So, Second 2 Timothy two thirteen. And this is just, it's a beautiful, wonderful verse. I love this verse so much. But it tells us this. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. I love that. You know, at, at his core, at the essence of who he is, if you could describe God in one word, that word would be love, right? Because 1 John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. Now, there's a lot of, I mean, super wonderful things we could say about God. But one of the defining attributes of true love would be faithfulness. Through thick and thin, faithfulness. And he tells us right here that even if we have been unfaithful, even if we haven't loved him the right way, he still, he still loves us the right way. He still remains faithful to us. Why? Because he cannot deny who he really is. Now, it's important to note, that God will never walk away from us, but it is possible for a person to walk away from Him. And I want to close out tonight with James chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. And what are we doing? We're, just, we're talking about the importance of remembering what the Lord has done for us. And these are things that we, we need, again, to, to remind ourselves of. So we don't let fear start taking a root in our lives. So we don't become unthankful children of God. And also, I mean, the worst of all, that we would become an unfaithful child of God. And so here we are, James chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. And we, uh, we discussed this at the men's meeting on Saturday. actually, actually got into a good discussion about this. But James 5, verses 19 through 20, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away, well, I thought you couldn't wander. You can. You can wander away. And again, it says, brothers and sisters, so this isn't talking about some sinner somewhere. This is talking about somebody that is a born-again child of God. How could you wander away from God if you were never with God? Right? I mean, I've never wandered away from, you know, China, because I've never been there, right? And so, you know, that someone would read this, you know, it's talking about someone that never knew God. No, it's not. You can't wander away if you were never there. And so, if someone among you wanders away from the truth good news and is brought back you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins hallelujah praise god that even if someone wanders back they thank god they can be brought back that's really good news now i believe a lot of the people that maybe have wandered and again. I mean, I've I got through 30-something years of, of Christianity, all right? Growing up a pastor's kid, being one now, just, you know, 30 years, some years of all, just paying attention. I think of the people in Indiana that I've seen, the people in Oklahoma that i knew, the people in California where God raised people up off of the deathbed. They don't even bother to show up at church once a month and give a nod to God. Thanks, homie. Nothing. They don't show up at all. Nothing. And 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 I mean, and I just, I just can't imagine what that would be like if I did everything for my kids, provided and and was there for them, and 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 everything, and they just you know forget all about me, and until the next thing, that's that has to hurt the heart of the father, doesn't it? And so, it's so important that we remember what he's already done, and I believe that again, there, there's a lot of people that maybe start. Uh, to to wander away and I'm not saying that they're bad people you know people that kind of start to cool off a little I'm not saying that they're a bad person but they are forgetting about all the good times (laughs) that they've had with Jesus they're forgetting about all the victories that they have won together in life already and they're forgetting about how they felt when they first started that beautiful relationship with Jesus and so I encourage us tonight. We'll wind down here. We're out of time, but I encourage us to remember, to to go back over in your mind and replay some of the victories, some of the great things the Lord has brought you through already. What He's done for you, how He cared for you when nobody else did. He's never done any wrong to you. He's only done good to you. As we begin to remember and say, you know what, God? Yeah, I get it. You know, I need a thousand dollars by Friday. Whatever. What I want to do is. I want to thank you right now for that time. You saved me from that car accident, for that time that you caused this to happen. I want to thank you for when this, Lord, I just, I just thank you. You have been so good to me. And, yeah, thankfulness will open the door to more. That's, that's fine and cool. But when we've got a genuinely thankful and grateful heart, oh, man. Your relationship with the Father, your relationship with the Big Brother Jesus, it gets so much better and stronger. Amen. All right, let's. We better stop there. Let's go ahead and and uh, close it down for tonight. Praise the Lord. But I just encourage you to remember all of the awesome things that the Lord has done in your life. Let's stand up together tonight. Hallelujah! We stand up together. We'll go ahead and have Josh. Uh, close us in a song here. I'm going to have my prayer team come on up tonight if I could have Chuck there and uh, Desiree, you want to come on up with me? Amen. Well, if you need prayer this evening, we're going to pray with you, of course, but if not, it wouldn't hurt you one bit to sit there and give some thanks to God for a few minutes. That'd do a lot of good. So, let's just take a few minutes here before we close up.
4: Let my heart wants for nothing but you just you let my heart want for nothing but you just you the riches of this world could never satisfy let my heart want for you my center, sir I wonder You're my future, and you redeem my past every moment. Only Jesus. Don't
3: let my heart want for nothing but you, just you. Let my heart want for nothing but you, just you.
0: your heart tonight. That really uh, did something for me today as I was just remembering. I was driving back. I took my parents to the airport in Las Vegas, and I'm uh, just thinking about all the super awesome things, how good God's been to me, and I wanted to share that with you tonight. So uh, ladies, the women's meeting is Friday night, so come on out. Pastor Katie's excited about bringing the word on that. going to have a great time. Then uh, man, be here Sunday. It's going to be incredible once again. All right. Okay, and Robert could use a few good men to help set up a few good tables over there in Victory Hall. So if you're an able-bodied man that can lift a couple of tables, help the brother out, all right? And we'll get it done. Amen. And Friday is Veterans Day. Thank you, James. All right, so we will... We will remember our veterans on Friday, and we will be celebrating our veterans at church on Sunday. We have a gift for every veteran also. We like to honor them. Amen. Let's pray, and then we will close out. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in your word tonight. And Jesus, we just want to tell you thank you. We are grateful for what you've done. We don't forget, Lord, where we came from. We don't forget the things that you've brought us through. We don't forget how good you've been to us. Help us, Lord, to always have these thankful hearts before you. And we know, Lord, that the best is yet to come. We love you so much, Jesus. Use us this week to be the light of the world and bring us here safely this weekend. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and do our Barstow Faith Confession. Then we will release you into the cold autumn evening. All right. Praise the Lord. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. See you this weekend.